Well, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to Mediums with a Message. I'm Gail Hicks, and I'm so excited to be back with our listeners this week. And today, I have a special guest, a real dear friend of mine from Massachusetts, where I used to live. Cheryl Probasco is going to be joining us, and we're going to be talking about how spirit brings people together. So, hey, Cheryl, how are you doing today? Hi, Gail. Hi, everyone. I'm doing fantastic. Up in Massachusetts, we have the sun sh is shining, and it's a beautiful spring day. Oh, awesome. We have uh, good weather down here in Savannah after the torrential rainstorms, but I'm hoping everybody has great weather where they are today. So I'm so excited you're here with us on Mediums with a Message, and uh, we're just going to talk about some wonderful things about how spirit brings us together, because, you know, there are no coincidences how people are drawn together. So let's uh, start with Cheryl. So why don't you tell our listeners, you know, how we met? Well, we met when I decided one day I had seen an advertisement for a psychic slash metaphysical fair. And so I decided to go and because I was, I have always been interested in that. And I walked around just to kind of like to get the feel of it and see who it was I wanted to speak to. And I came across your table and I had this very strong pull that you were the one that I was supposed to be there for and or be, meet. So I turned around, you were busy, and you had CDs laying on the table, and I picked up a CD and waited for you to get done with the gentleman that was in front of me. And when you were, then I started talking to you about your CD and what you did, and you had um, your business cards there, and really got to talk to you and just connected, and I knew you were the reason that I was there. I took one oh, of your wow. business yeah, I took one of your business cards and I don't know, a couple, a week or two later, I called to book a reading. Yes. And it was, it was phenomenal. It was very um, heartfelt. It really, I knew that it was true. You had told me that my uncle was standing behind me and he said to let go of the guilt. And I think I had tears in my eyes because when I was younger, he was staying at my grandmother's house and he said, so kid, when are you coming to stay with us? And I laughed and I said, well, not until you're gone. And he had, <laughs> oh, no. yeah, he had a massive heart attack and oh. died. And oh, so wow. I carried that guilt for all these years because I had made I made that statement not until he was gone, meaning not until he went back to New Jersey. I didn't know yeah. that, you know, he was going to die. Yeah. <laughs> and so Life I carried that fast. Yeah, exactly. So I carried that guilt and he said that guilt has done nothing for you. It served you no purpose. Let it go. Wow, so great message. It was a fantastic message. And so it just, it let me know how connected you were that you could bring him in and that you knew this. And this happened way, oh, I used to spend summers with my grandma back before I was even a teenager. So wow. I was, I don't know, maybe nine, 10, something like that. Oh, wow. When that happened? Yeah. Yeah. When that happened. And, and so, you know, I carried that guilt for years. Decades. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And then <laughs> you had told me that there was a shaman standing behind me shaking a rattle. And you said, if you ever come across a turtle rattle, I should pick it up. So it was like, okay, I didn't hear anything, but you did. <laughs> and then you had told me Dr. Bigelow was showing you guys changing car tires really fast. <laughs> and you smelled rubber. And did that mean anything to you, to me? And I started laughing and I said, yes, I like, I love watching NASCAR. Oh, well, so great. that <laughs> confirmed, you know, that you definitely were connected and knew, um, knew what you were talking about. And at the time we recorded, you recorded it on a cassette tape. Yeah. <laughs> And I still have a cassette 
player and I have those tapes. And after the reading, I went home and I listened to it. And when I listened to it, I could hear the rattle in the background. And I wow. get goosebumps to this day thinking about that. Well, you know, even though back in the day, the cassette tapes were the only way to record stuff because there wasn't digital yet. It's amazing how spirit can uh, be heard on cassette tape and, and on digital now. So that's really a, a great reason to keep that. But also you probably could record it off of the cassette tape in case you need it digitally. But that's wonderful. So I know a lot of clients, uh, just like you, Cheryl, from back in the day that have boxes of cassette tapes with readings from Gail Hicks. So uh, talking about archiving stuff, but that's wonderful. And I'm glad you still have a cassette recorder to listen to those tapes. So I do. Wonderful. That's wonderful. So, you know, um, the other thing is, you know, when I met you, when we were up there in Massachusetts, it was either in Taunton or Raynham, somewhere out there. I remember that was about uh, 2004 when the Patriots had won uh, the Super Bowl and we were doing the Red Sox. And that's when I was doing predictions on sports and stuff back then. And uh, that was a really good uh psychic fair slash metaphysical event it was really good and there's a lot of people there and you bought my cd and that's when it first came out and harmonious healings which i should have it out uh that's a nice reminder i should have that out on my website again for people to buy because it has a lot about uh guided meditation for uh the rainbow ray and also has um, a, to meet your guides and teachers that guided meditation in there too, which was really great. So absolutely, I love it. Yeah, and you probably still have it. And I, I don't. I only have a couple of hard copies left, and I think they're still in a box somewhere. <laughs> but hey, at least I have them, and of course I have them digitally on my computer, so that's awesome. So we'll definitely have to put that back out into the ethers for people and our listeners. So. Um, you'd said you came to class. Now, if my memory serves me back in the day, I had, uh, I had my Thursday night class already going. So I think you and a few others, about five other people, I started a beginning class on Monday nights. And so that's when um, you came to that group. And, um, you know, we started, you know, our class, what sitting around the dining room table, just going over the class, and then we would break and we go into the healing room and sit for meditation. So um, what were some of the things that you'd like to share with our listeners today about that, you coming to that beginning meditation class and what well, was it like you had, for you? You had asked me if I wanted to join that. And the biggest one was to be around like-minded people, people that, you know, was into the same things, the metaphysic, you know, the metaphysical world and the spiritual realm. And I was all for that. So I started, you know, I wanted to join. So I did. And it was great because the people that I met there, we had some that came and left and we had some that stayed and I became very good friends with and then still friends with them to this day. Yes. Um, but it was, it was great to learn how to meditate and connect with spirit. Um, I got to know, um, the different guides you had taught us about our fab five. Um, so I got to meet my joy guide, my native American guide, my doctor teacher, my doctor chemistry and my master teacher. And you explained how, how important it was to have a rapport with them and to get to know them. Yeah. And you gave us different tips on, you know, like the one I remember there's, well, there's a lot that I remember, but one of them was when you're by yourself to meditate in a corner because the energy builds up quicker because yes, when yes. you meditate, when you meditate in the group, you taught us the energy is so different than compared to when you're meditating by yourself. Yeah. Cause you don't have everybody else's energy with you. You're not sitting in a circle with another person across from you with that energy bouncing back and forth. So, you know, when you're sitting out in an open space, 
um, you, your, your aura keeps expanding and it has nothing to bounce off to, to send that energy back into you to go into a deeper state of meditation. Right. Unless you really know how to control that, you know? So when you first start, the reason I tell you to kind of sit in a corner, not that you're being scolded or in a timeout, but it helps you because your aura expands and then it hits the wall and it comes back into you and creates that bubble so you can actually concentrate and breathe deeper and go into a deeper state of consciousness and meditation. So that's, that's one reason I shared those little meditation tips. And a lot of the things that I shared in my classes with on meditation and meeting your guides and connecting with loved ones was so I learned all of that at Camp Chesterfield through my years of seminary, you know, almost 10 years of going there to study. And you pick up little tidbits from the old timers or the very old timers of mediumship and, and how they worked their spiritual gifts. So yeah, it is very important. And, you know, when you joined that class, you had some special gifts yourself. So remember that night I asked, what was everybody's gift? Like, are you clairvoyant and everything? And you shared with us to, about yours, which are. I did. I didn't. Well, I didn't realize that it was a gift, as you know, a spiritual gift. I had been doing automatic writing since I was a teenager. And it was wow. just something that I just thought you know, that people, you know, any that really and truly anybody could do it. I have come to realize that anybody can do it if they are open and yes. they protect themselves. But yes. you taught us so much. I mean, we sat around the table and we would discuss things and we found out about, because I didn't know what like clairsentience was. I always called it automatic writing. And you said that is the same as slate writing. I yeah. did not know that. So we learned, I learned a lot. And I, everybody used to, you know, and you were one of them too, that used to <laughs> laugh at me because I was, I think your nickname for me was Miss Secretary because. Yeah, you're, you're the secretary because you kept all the notes from all the classes for what, 14 years, 15 years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because it was something, it's kind of like, I felt like I was going to school and I wanted to learn. And if I had questions, I needed to know to be able to go back into my notes and look. And I have to say that one of the things that you always told us was to ask. And you would always, and I mean, I go through my notes and I have asked with an exclamation point <laughs> and capital letters over and over and over again. And so when it, people would talk to me and I'd say, well, I taught, was taught you're supposed to ask. And they'd say, well, Cheryl, do you ask? And I'd go, no, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> but I would always remind others to ask. And I was very fortunate because if for a reason I could not make class, there was another um, dear friend of mine that would take notes for me. And then she would reach out and say, hey, I have your notes for the week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then vice versa. If they didn't show up, people are going, Hey, did Cheryl take notes? I go, when does she not take notes? You know, <laughs> exactly. Uh, and he'd say, Oh, what was discussed this week? What was discussed this week? So, I mean, and like I said, to this day, and it's been what we figured out 19 years since we've known each other. Yeah. I am, I am still good friends with several of the people that we had in class. That's right. And uh, same here. And uh, one thing to explain to our listeners about you taking notes back in the day is, um, when uh, I was studying at camp and they wouldn't let you, when you went in for a seance or a reading, they wouldn't let you bring your, uh, a camera in or, you know, uh, a phone. We did have cell phones back then, but they wouldn't let you bring them into the room because they were uh, electromagnetic and it could um, affect the reading and they didn't want you recording. So the only way you could record was to handwrite it. And so that's, I didn't want anything in the room when we were meditating. And that's why you brought your little notebook in. And after the meditation, I, you know, I let everybody have time to write their notes down or jot notes down, but you were the most avid jotting notes. Cause I remember other people were like, I forgot my notebook. And Cheryl goes, it's okay. I've got it. <laughs> so and then it was like, 
well, let me have your email address. Well, yeah, and I'll email you the notes, you know. <laughs> I mean, Cheryl was busy. That's why she became the secretary. So <laughs> that's very good. So, um, yeah, so there's always some different things to share about class, you know. And one thing I did share was there was no, uh, there's no wrong way to meditate. And we discussed that. Yes, and that's true, because one night we were sitting around the table, and I mean, when you would turn around and, and in meditation, you would take us to our safe place, and I would sit with my guides, and we would just talk, and there would be other people that would talk about, you know, they were going up to the stars, and they were bouncing from star to star, and another friend, she was turning around, and she'd go to her safe place, and then she was out with all the animals, talking to the animals. And I'm thinking, well, I'm not doing any of that. You know, I'm just like sitting in my safe place, you know, having conversations. And that's when you explained that there is no right or wrong way of meditation. And I knew then that it was okay. Well, that's because when you are meditating, it depends on the person, the individual's vibration and who, and who or what they're attracting to them in their safe place. And it also depends on your gifts, which ones really open, which ones are starting to open. So you could be meditating and just floating out there seeing colors because clairvoyantly you're just seeing colors. You could be seeing symbols and signs and stuff going by. So you were just sitting there getting conversation. So you were hearing and reading conversations whereas other people were talking to, were you know, in the animal kingdom and vibrating with the animals and going off over here, as I used to uh, joke to our dear friend, Debbie, you know, when we come back from a meditation, she talks about she was um, at the uh, Great Pyramid of Giza, or she had gone to the Taj Mahal, or she was at the, in Tibet at the Buddhist temple. And I said, what are you using in this healing room? Frequent flyer miles, you know, because she was like, <laughs> And I went here and I went there and I go, you know, we're sitting in the healing room in Fall River, Massachusetts, you know. So she was actually doing a lot of astral traveling with her guides in meditation. But while she was out there, she was still receiving messages and coming back with messages. So, you know, everybody's different. So she would do that. And um, like some of the other students, would see their grandparents or they would just have one, one of their guides talk to them or they would get a healing from one of their guides. So it didn't matter what you were getting in meditation. It was that time for you to come and sit and have that time for yourself to do something for yourself. Right. And that's what the class was about. And you're learning at the same time and you're growing spiritually. You're, you're allowing that other part, your spiritual body to connect more with the physical body and the emotional body. And for you to be more aware of your senses, the five senses that you have, whether you're seeing, hearing, or feeling, or even Claire Augustine's where you could smell, you know, uh, the uh, scent of your native American, or you could smell the scent of your grandmother's perfume or your pet. You know, I would always smell when my grandpappy would come in, I'd smell tobacco, apple, apple tobacco, because he smoked a pipe. So that kind of stuff. So there's no wrong way to meditate. You know, you just, you need to just learn how to and to get out there. So you can work on improving your life in so many different ways, because that's what meditation does. So. And I want to just jump in here real quick and, and let your listeners know that it took a while before I could just sit and have a conversation with my guides. Um, for a while there, it was just a color or a symbol that they would give them to me. Um, I do remember one instance when I met my little joy guide. Um, I remember sitting there with tears in my eyes because I had dreamt of him when I was a teenager, but I had no idea who he was. He was um, a little Native American boy, and he told me that he had been with me um, all my life, that in this, when I had dreamed of him, he was, um, we were at a water's edge, and I taught him how to skip rocks, because 
at the time, nobody took time to play with him except me. So that's when he decided he was going to bring joy to me for all of my life. What a but great message. Took, yeah, but it took, I don't want people to, you know, to meditate and only get a, a sign or a symbol and think that they're doing something wrong. Because it took me a long time to get, you know, get there where I was at. Yeah, and, you know, and I've had people that they've never meditated before in their life. And the first time they sat down, they got a truckload full. I mean, they got so much stuff. They were they didn't even know how to interpret everything they got. It was just like, it's almost like uh, the dam burst and all their loved ones and guys just dumped everything in at once because they were like, oh, they might not ever sit again. Let's just tell them everything, you know, so that's like major overload. Right. Well, the biggest one is not to have, and you told us this, not to have any expectations to be yes. grateful. If we, you know, got one color or one symbol to be grateful for that. And it, it the more you, the more you meditated, the more it would come through. Yeah. And remember my, the main thing I always said, which color it was, I go, if you just saw the color blue, I'm so excited for you. I always said blue, you know, I said, because if you get a color, that means your door is starting to open and it means, right. you know, and spirit's going to spoon feed you. They don't want to scare you. They want you to come back and sit and meditation is getting into meditation. But the whole purpose of wanting to work on your gifts is uh, to sit, to make time to sit, to focus, to be with them. I don't care if it's five or 10 minutes or 30 minutes a day. And even if it's you're walking, you're on a walk with, you know, God, that good or orderly direction, you're out and, you know, hiking or something, you're still in that element of nature and stuff. It's to get devote time to it. It's about devoting time and sitting. And that's important. But if you see the color blue or you start seeing symbols and signs, then that's when you jot down what you got. And then you can look up what you got. So, right. I would remember, you know, we get out of class and everybody would have their notes and go, well, I got this Gerber Daisy. I wonder what that means. And then the other person said, I saw this. Remember, everybody had all these symbols that night. Oh, yes. And you had you had the books and you had Oracle cards. The one that I always loved, you had the native and they were called medicine cards, the medicine cards. I yeah, and we would always look up, if we got an animal or something, we would look up the animal to see what it meant and what it was trying to tell us. Yeah, because it had it face up and reversed. And, exactly. Uh, yeah, I had all my books from Camp Chesterfield because I started my buying my library back in 1987 of reference books. And finding spiritual books that were great reference books to look up, like... Um, the encyclopedia, the encyclopedia, the psychic encyclopedia, that one was really hard to find because then they took it off and then you could finally get it again. That had every definition and interpretation you could think of. But then, you know, there were other ones that like um, Animal uh, Speaks, you know, uh, Ted Andrew books were great for reference books when you're looking at different animals and totems besides the uh, medicine cards. But right. I remember pulling all my books out or someone would ask, what do you think about this? I go, well, I think it, I would say what it, I thought it meant, or I'd ask my guides and then I would wait. I thought they go, no, pull the books out. So it was almost like pulling out the library after class and people looking up. And then it was good for the students and for you all to look stuff up because then you, you got that aha moment. Wow. That's what it means. And it resonated with you. And that, right. that was very important, you know? But now, and, yeah, go ahead. Well, I just wanted to, I wanted to, um, I wanted to remind you and tell your listeners that, you know, the biggest one too is to have trust and faith in yourself. Um, when I would do the automatic writing, this is, I don't know if you remember, um, I'm sure you do. Um, we had a guy in our class whose name was Phil yeah. and I used to do the automatic writing. Like I said, I'd been doing that since I was a teenager. Well, you also, when you do automatic writing, most of the time, you know what is being written before you write it yeah. because um, they are putting it into your head. 
And so there were different times it was like, is it really me? Is it really them telling me or is it my imagination? That's right. <laughs> and this one friend of ours, you know, friend of mine, he was one of the other students. <laughs> he said, he said to me, Cheryl. And I said, yes. Now I had a, a separate room that I did all my meditating and my healing and stuff in. And he said, I, I see your dining room. And he explained exactly what my dining room looked like. <laughs> and he said, you're going to be sitting there with Dr. Stevens, who was my doctor teacher, who was the one that after all the years started writing with me. I mean, I, I had many. Um, and I'm like, really? And it was like, yeah. And he goes, you're going to sit there. And so it's like, <laughs> okay. And one day I was, I was told to you know, through spirit to sit down at my dining room table and get a pen and paper. So I did. Yeah. And I, I had heard, look across the street at the window and focus on something. So I said, Okay, so I did. And he said, my doctor teacher, Dr. Steven said, I'm going to start giving you words, and I want you to write them down, you meaning me, not him. So it was like, okay, and it was off the wall words. I mean, this is like after my kids had gone off to school, and I'm looking out the window and I'm getting the word lime, you know, fire truck, <laughs> just really things that I wouldn't even think of, you know, that had made no sense. And so then I, after we did probably 10 of them, he said, okay, now every one of those words, he said, I put into you, into your brain. So I was like, whoa, okay. So then it, I, I became to trust because yeah. what I was getting is what he was telling me. It wasn't my imagination. Yeah. And so for our listeners, you know, you're talking in, the, in uh, layman's terms of how spirit came to you to discern things. And it's true when you're out meditating, you're going, well, is this me thinking this or is this them telling me, you know, because you have to trust what you're getting. And that's right. going back to the intuitive part of your gut feeling. Everybody has that gut feeling. And, yeah. you know, sometimes it's, it doesn't register when you're meditating. It's not, they're not going to sock you in the gut, you know, they're just going to float something by you or spoon feed you. So it's important for, you know, everyone to understand that, you know, that's how it came to you. And then he confirmed it. And then it really resonated with you. And so when I mean resonate with you, you know, um, besides the gut feeling, sometimes you get the chill all over your body or you get goosebumps or some people call it the old saying, what is it? Rabbit running over your grave, whatever, or your hair stands up. But it's like that, wow, I could have had a V8 is what I call it. It's like, oh my gosh, okay. So that's, that's wonderful that Dr. Steven said that. But that Phil, the other thing that our listeners don't know, and Phil is an incredible writer. He writes for the papers up in, um, Massachusetts still and um, he's a great reporter and he was at the time was uh, working with the fall the spirit of fall river the fall river uh, uh, newspaper back then and uh, he came to class and so as a writer I think it's great that he got that you need to sit at your dining room table to write you know and uh, that he would give you that message. So I thought it was interesting what he got to share with you was in his wheelhouse, so to speak. So right. how they, right. they pull, how they got him to tell you that. And that's, that's, you know, resonated with him really easily. So that was a great thing for him too. So, uh, you know, um, you know, in the meditation class, you know, Cheryl, did you ever experience um, getting a healing or comfort from your guides or in meditating? Oh, absolutely. Matter of fact, as you say that now, I'm sitting here with goosebumps. Um, <laughs> there were different times. Well, in the beginning, you would ask us before we would go in and said, what is there something that we wanted to work on or what guy did we want to work on? Or you'd say, OK, well, tonight we're going to we're going to ask for a healing and you would lead us out. One of them, I remember you led us out into the Emerald Green City. And it was all about healing and we were going to be with Archangel Raphael. And we all, we all felt it. And you would just walk out of there in awe because you would see the Emerald Green City and you would see, you would lead us into this meditation 
where we could actually visualize it. And you would, you know, you would feel all of a sudden, you know, something you would move or, or somebody would, you know, say something afterwards and you'd get up and you'd go, oh my gosh, I feel so much better. What yeah. happened? And yeah, so we, uh, we would get healings and then we would send healings if one of the other students, you know, couldn't make it because you got used to their energy. And That's if they right. couldn't make it, then we would send healing to them. Yeah, we put their name in the middle of the, the circle and send them healing. And right. sometimes when they couldn't make it, especially when those who were diehards and would drive in a nor'eastern in the middle of the snowstorm to come sit for meditation and not miss a week, those who didn't, um, we would send them healing and they would meditate from home at the same time we were sitting and we all had the same energy. It was still a great connection no matter where we were. Because we had sat for so long. You know? Right. And I get, there were different times. It's like you would all of a sudden break out into a sweat and be sweating. And you knew then you were definitely getting a healing. Or you would get really, really cold. Oh, and you yeah. knew that you were getting a healing. Yeah. There was no happy medium. <laughs> no pun on that one. In between that, you're either hot or cold when you're getting a healing. So, exactly. So yeah, that was very, very, um, yeah, different classes, like we'd have our talk and everything, but then spirit would tell me, oh, I think we need to do a guided meditation for healing tonight. So I would get these spontaneous messages when we got into the healing room and sat in our circle of what uh, the meditation was going to be that night. And so, so I changed it up because that would help change up the, the students, the sitters, it would help change up their energy and open up other parameters in their spiritual mind to connect on different levels. Cause we were always working with vibration and you know, the greatest law in the universe is the law of vibration. And that's everybody vibrates at a different level. But when you come to meditate as a group and whether you surround each other in the white light or you said the Lord's prayer or whatever prayer the group says to start off at, that that pulls the the law of vibration into one for everybody to kind of like what you would say now is sync our energies together as we were meditating that's why as a group when one was missing you felt that kind of void that the the chemistry wasn't there because we weren't a complete whole group because someone wasn't there so that's why even thinking their name or adding their name into the group or if they were sitting somewhere else at the same time with us, it would still connect us back together. It would still connect us back together. So uh, remember all those classes that I had always give some kind of homework and you were like the star student. You know, <laughs> some other people did not do their homework. I would remember asking Kimmy, she goes, I didn't have time or I forgot or I did some of it. I love people who did some of their homework, but that's okay. It's not like, you know, I was giving out gold stars or anything, but, you know. Right. But well, the actual was, homework it, was, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I was just going to say the thing was, is we were all enthusiastic. <laughs> and it goes back to, you know, spirit brought the right people together in those groups. I mean, there were people that came and left, yeah. you know, that old saying, some people come into our lives for a reason, sometimes a season, sometimes a lifetime. and. Right. Spirit does. He just, you know, it brought in the right people. And like I said, still friends to this day and still try to get to meditate every now and then. Of course, it's hard now with you being down there and us being up here. But again, we do manage it once in a while. Yeah, there is technology now, you know, with Zooming and all these other apparatuses. And, you know, that time that uh, you and Debbie and I meditated, um, and we were on Zoom, and but you and Deb were together in the same room at your house. Right. This is one thing to share with the listeners that even though we hadn't sat in a long in a while since I'd been moved almost four years, but when we did sit and we were doing it via Zoom and sitting across from each other via Zoom and went into meditation, did our guided meditation, we could still feel from our gut, from our belly area or solar plexus, we could still feel the pull even through the, the, the computer. 
which was get interesting because we all three of us really went to a deep meditation. We all received great messages. And it's like we had never stopped sitting, you know, and that's a very profound thing for our listeners to understand is once you've been sitting with someone or going to a, a group that's dedicated to sit, and we were because we did a, we, we meditated. I was so lucky. I was so blessed. I was so thankful to everyone in Massachusetts and my, my students that were devoted, that would come every week. Um, you know, the Monday night class, after what, a year, Cheryl, I decided instead of two nights of classes that I would just move you guys into my uh, Thursday night class, which I called the intermediate because they'd been sitting about two or three years prior to y'all. But when right. I heard- you said, yeah. We were we had graduated enough that we were able to sit with them. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> what dun, a privilege dun. that was that we had come so far. Yeah, dun, 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 dun. You've graduated. You can go to that next uh, class. But I remember um, combining y'all together and a sitting, and it, it it was even more heightened with y'all's energy in there because it, it, we all uh, got incredible messages and the more and then we were even more enthusiastic and we were getting meditation we were meeting with our guides we were getting healings and everybody was just just powerhoused and it was amazing for the what 14 15 years that we sat that y'all were dedicated every thursday to come and i think the only time we didn't have you know class was either i was out of town or um, the weather was really bad. But other than that, uh, the determination and the dedication that y'all had to come to class really uh, connected us all in so many ways to this day. You know, well, they- we, we knew that if we didn't meditate on our own, at least we would get to meditate in class. Yeah, yeah. So and- it was kind of like you, you knew you wanted to be with what we called our people, which is our spirit people, but also our friends and the people in the class, you were going to at least see them once a week. Yeah, and we got used to old, like old home week. And then class was supposed to start at seven, but everybody started showing up at like six. And then I'd say, hey, if you're going to come early right after work, let's have dinner. We'll have a potluck dinner, light dinner, because we never wanted to eat and be too heavy before meditating. You know? Right. <laughs> and then the nights that we had snow and everything. Remember we do hot chocolate readings after class and um, I'd get out the Swiss Miss instant cocoa and the white cups and we drink hot cocoa. And then I'd look at your cup and give you another hot cocoa reading. You know, we did really fun things in class. That would, that was really great. You know, um, we did do a lot of fun things. And, and I do remember um the first time you had told us, I mean, us newbies, the Monday night class, that we had to start giving messages, this panic look on all of our faces, like, what do you mean we have to give messages? How do we go about doing that? Right. And then after meditation, you and we would go around the circle to see how everybody's meditation went. You'd say, okay, now, Cheryl, do you have a message for, you know, Kimmy or, or Phil? And it was like, yeah, no, I don't, I don't know how to do that. What am I supposed to do? And you would say, just close your eyes and ask, ask for a color or ask for a symbol to give that to them. So I would, I would close my eyes and you'd say, now the first thing that comes to your mind, that is for them. And so it became that that's one of the reasons that we started looking everything up in the books and and that's, you know, people need to realize, number one is to ask. And, you, you know, the old saying, ask and you shall receive. That's right. Um, is, and then look at, you know, look things up, you know, whether, you know, a tulip or a, and I mean, we would get specific, you know, a red rose or a yellow rose, not just a rose. It had a specific color because it would be a specific meaning. Yes, that's right. So. Yeah, you know, but it was great. But that the the way the way I asked y'all to give messages and helped you to give messages, that was called old school, which was priming the pump. Because if you 
don't give what you get, then um, you're not true to spirit and trusting spirit. You know, uh, anybody can give advice. We all can give advice. But when you want to connect with spirit or your higher self or your guides to give a message, you go with that gut feeling and the first thing you get. So, yeah. And then everybody gave messages, which was great. And some people had very simplified messages, but they were very poignant and very loving. And the other person who would receive it would acknowledge who they knew it was from, which was great confirmation for you. So, it, you know, that's how we started building that on messages. But what I thought was interesting was when um, I would lead y'all out into meditation, I wanted to make sure y'all went out first and I was still with my eyes open and breathing and watching y'all float out to <laughs> your safe place. And I'd squint my little eyes and I could see kind of where y'all were in the room, floating out, hovering over your little bodies and meditating. And I was watching what spirit was doing with your physical bodies. And <laughs> so every week I, that was my joy to see how everybody was. And Cheryl, you were, um, I had great names for you because I was so worried you were going to fall out of your chair and, and, and fall into either Michael or Phil or something because you would sit very, really good in your chair, you know, all completely aligned, your sit bone, your chakras, all in your, your, your straight back chair sitting there. But all of a sudden, when I could see them starting to show you things or give you messages, you're, you would, your body would start leaning either to the left or to the right. And I kept watching to see how far you were going to lean and how long was spirit going to lean your physical body. <laughs> and then you, then all of a sudden your head would tilt up just a little. And then towards the end, your mouth would like open. So I figured they were spoon feeding you something or like a little baby bird. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then you would, you, then you'd stay there. And then um, Nancy would rock back and forth. She'd rock from side to side or, or up, up, up and back. And it was like, she was in a rocking chair and she would rock the whole time she was in meditation. Like, was she on a boat or something? She was always constantly rocking. And uh, I, I just loved watching everybody. And then um, certain people, the, another student, they would, um, they would, they would turn their head and look upward into the sky like they were receiving a message and then they were listening to someone and then they turned their head to the right and they'd look the other way like they heard somebody else like they were hearing a lecture or something and they were really very cute but I thought it was interesting but when I started to bring y'all back out of meditation with the countdown you know now you're coming back into your body 10 9 breathe yourself then you know uh, Nancy would stop rocking back and forth and then your body would start to come back and the upright position straight and then your mouth would slowly close <laughs> and then you'd come back into your body and you know um, I thought it was just great because that's how spirit worked with each person that was a very individual thing and then y'all you know, would come back and then when you got back you just kind of breathe yourself back in and then write your little notes and we give messages so that was, that was really great, you know, it's just to watch y'all develop. And I have to let your listeners know, I never did fall out of the chair. <laughs> you just, no, you, you just called me the leaning tower of Pisa, but I never fell out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wasn't sure which way you were leaning, you know, and it's not like I was going to jump up and take a picture of myself trying to hold you up like you do at the leaning tower of Pisa. So, but uh, um, just a couple more things we'll share with our listeners. Um you know, uh, because we sat weekly and we were working on our meditation, um, you know, how did you feel that changed your life for the better, Cheryl? Oh, my goodness. So much so now. Um, I have learned so many things and I sit every morning with Dr. Stevens and do automatic writing and he helps me, you know, he helps me with so much. Um, and the biggest one is, you know, we figured out a time. So it's like I get up in the morning and I sit with him from like 7 to 7.30 or whatever. And we have to remember that we have to, it's kind of like you make an appointment with them. Our standing yeah. time is 7 o'clock. There's times I may wake up early 
and I'll see if he's around and he's not around or I'll say, can you write? And he'll say, nope. And so it's like, okay, so I have to wait till seven o'clock to go back with them and to remember to ask, you know, ask yeah. the questions. I work with um, um, angel numbers now and I, I re have to remember to ask them and they give me the numbers. And the thing is too, is, is I've learned over the years by working with them, you know, to trust, they will, you know, they will lead us and help us if we ask, yeah. you know, we have this free will. And, you know, it was something that I knew, but never really practiced. Um, we have free will and they want to help. But because of the law of the universe, I'm not even sure, Gail, you know, which law it is. You'd have to let them know. Um, they cannot help us unless we do ask. Not unless it's a life or death situation. But That's if true. we yeah. ask them, then they're 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 more than willing and they they love to they love to help us, but we have to remember to ask. And so I do ask now, I do ask for help, and I do get goosebumps all the time now there'll be something going on and and that's how I know for me it's totally true um and it's by turning around and and starting off with your class all those years ago it has really put me on the path my spiritual path to where um I believe so much now I talk to my guides and the angels and um yeah, I just and I'm still I'm still taking notes. I read different books and I take notes from the books, especially when I it resonates. I yeah. know that I need to take notes so that I can share it with others. Yeah. One thing I learned about taking notes and reading books and stuff, and I think I shared that with y'all in meditation class, is one thing that I learned at camp was, um, and also my doctor teacher, Dr. Bigelow would say, I want you to read this book and I want you to get a, a, a four pack of different colored highlighters. And he goes, we're going to read this book four times. And the first highlighter, you're going to use the blue highlighter. And then he would tell me what to highlight the first time around I read it. The next time I read it, we're using the pink and the next time the green and the yellow. So then by the time I read the book, I'm on the third time some of the areas that I kept highlighting or I highlighted different areas, but it helps you to understand other hidden meanings when you're reading a book of what you're getting that they're trying to tell you for that time in your life. So it's funny, you can read a book one time and think, oh, I've already read that book. Yeah, but you read it then, but how would it affect you now? So that's very important about, you know, reading a book taking notes and having a rapport with your guides. And that's, um, the only way to have a rapport with them is to sit and meditate and devote that time to them like you did with Dr. Stevens. Right. So those are significant things of how uh, spirit has um, brought us together over these years and that you're still an avid student and dedicated to your meditation and to your time with your guides more than uh, maybe some of my other students. Because, you know, we, we're living life. We have other commitments. We have children. We have grandchildren. We have, you know, uh, work. We have people to go see and to visit. And you are living your life. And not all of us have time to sit all day and to live in the spirit world and meditate. That would be great. But then we're not living our physical life and our reality. So for our listeners out there, we want you to know that um, Cheryl was here today. Thank you for coming to be with us today and to share how your spiritual uh, development has happened over the years and getting together with me and meditating. And that's wonderful. And uh, I want to thank you again for being with us today, Cheryl. Oh, thank you for having me. It's been wonderful. It was so great to be able to go back and, and have those memories. And also to remind your listeners, which is something that you reminded us all the time, meditating doesn't mean you, like you said earlier, you have to sit for a half an hour or you have to sit for 20 minutes. You can be walking, taking a walk in the park and meditating and your guides and teachers will still come to you in that part. And the other one, the biggest one in my book was you taught us how to protect ourselves. 
because you do need to protect yourself when you're meditating. Yeah. Because you only want to have the positive and the light come to you. You only want the best and highest coming to you in a meditation. Right. Because we're already dealing with enough ne negativity in the world today and everything going on. And um, just like I tell people, sometimes when they always say stick to the weather, when you ask somebody something, it's because when you ask somebody, how are you? It's such a loaded question. You're not sure what they're going to tell you or what they're going to dump on you or what they need to release or let go. So know that, you know, protect yourself when you do meditate, but also protect yourself daily, you know, from just the energies coming to you because we, we are all light forces and we're all giving of ourselves in some way, shape or form, whether it's work or you're commuting or you're traveling or you're driving, but you're around people all the time and your energy is very important. So know to have your little bubble of energy around you. So you're at your best for yourself and for others and know that meditation is a great key to bring you back into a state of mind where you can connect with your higher self and your guides and loved ones, but also to work on your abilities and your spiritual growth. So I want to thank you again today, Cheryl, for sharing. And I know that I'd like to have you back on the show so we can talk about some of the things you're working on now as the years have passed and how things have helped you. So we'll definitely have you back on and keep that a secret so we don't want the listeners to know. We're going to let them meditate on it and see if they can figure out what is Cheryl doing now. So <laughs> well, thank, thank you so much. Um, I would like to add one more thing. Hang on one second because it left me and now it's coming back is it's wonderful to join a group because spirit will put you in the right group that you're meant to be. And even if it's only one person in that group, that may be a, um, a lifelong friend, somebody that it took you joining in order for you to meet that person in this lifetime. So please don't be afraid, jump in, do what your heart is calling you to do. That's right. You just never know. People pop up everywhere, you know. Exactly. So just be open and be receptive. So, well, that's it for our podcast today. So I want to tell our listeners, uh, thank you for being here and listening to us. If you'd like to contact us, you can go to our Facebook page and drop us a comment on there. You can also go to our Instagram page, Mediums with a Message, and also I would love to have an email from anybody who would like to email us at mediumswithamessage at gmail.com. For any of my services, you can go to gailhicks.com and find out what I offer. So until next week and our next podcast, keep your ears attuned to Mediums with a Message and have a great week. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.